Praise the Lord. Okay, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Praise God. All right. Did you already press start? So it's recording? All right, that's good. No, that's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love the Lord. He is truly the the lover of our soul. He loves us. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hey, are you staying or leaving? Okay, have a great day. I was about the swimming. Oh, okay. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Is Debbie coming in? Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right. Let's pray before we get started. So I'm just going to get started because people can get the tape. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we love you with our whole heart and our soul. Lord, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to read your word and develop a relationship with you, in you, with you, through you, by you. Lord, we thank you for giving us the gift of faith and the gift of the grace of your son, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we invite in the, the, we invite the Holy Spirit in so that we can receive your word and hear what you're trying to tell us in your word. So, Lord, we thank you, and we honor you, and we glorify your name, and we lift you up in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Okay, this is, we're going to be finishing up water baptism, and we're going to be going into the spirit baptism, because this is so awesome. God set an order, and we talked about that last time, and when he put in an order, he sent John the Baptist out first, to take care of baptizing people in the Jordan for repentance. Repentance is when we decide to change our thinking towards Christ. It's a time when we actually recognize we can't fulfill the law. So when we can't fulfill the law, he now, we get, we get baptized and say, I repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. All right, that means he wants to do something different in your life, but the only way he can actually do things until your mind is changed. I love water baptism. Water baptism is a public demonstration of an inward change that happened in the first baptism. The first baptism was when John Baptist came and he started baptizing everybody before Jesus ever moved into what his position was. Water baptism, you are actually publicly showing people that you were buried with Christ in his death. Thank God he died for us. So we don't have to go through the level of uh, the level that he has gone through. He just asks us to renew our mind, renew our soul. But he wants us to know that we are baptized in him because he died for us. As you come out of water and water baptism, you were raised with him in his resurrected life. That's why we do water baptism. Water baptism is an outside demonstration of an inward change. When you've accepted Christ in your heart, now when you get baptized, you're coming up saying, hey, I am living this new life because it's a resurrected life. Everything is about the resurrection of Christ. That is the outcome. That's what we're flowing with. I love it. Um, I, there's so much change has happened. I tell people, hold on to the fins, go through the river, go up with it, with what the Lord is doing. He raises us up. He wants us to look upward, not look downward. Our past only helps push us upward. Philip in the New Testament was baptizing and he put his hands on their heads and he would hold them down, forcing them to have a what? A struggle. Okay, I love this. We can only be resurrected until we are in a what? A struggle. Do you know that every time we go from working out our salvation, glory to glory, you have to think there's another baptism coming. There's another resurrected part of your life coming. So even Philip, when he held them down in the word, were in the word, they struggled for their life. This was a reminder 
that we are going to struggle for us to die from ourselves. Every measure, that darkness, you are dying from yourself. Go ahead and put up Galatians 3, 23, 24, which we had this morning in real estate worship. And I want to remind everybody what is happening in the struggle. And this is just reminding us, we move from a world of the law into the world of faith. We shift and we transfer into that. Is it working? The, the, the screen isn't working? Okay, praise God. Um, that's okay. Let me look it up. That's okay, but he's talking to Gene. So I'd rather him do that. Um, here we go. Praise the Lord. Mamie heard this already this morning. All right, this is awesome. And the Lord was really showing me how, remember, baptism is a demonstration of the struggle of change, of us changing our hearts into him. It says, but before faith came, this is, this is um, Galatians 3, 23 and 24. It says, before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Now get that, before faith came, before the real dispensation, where we now lived in him and with him and through him. Before that, everybody lived by the law of what? Moses, that God gave to Moses, because they asked for it. They asked for it. <laughs> they were already pulled out of bondage. This is what's so crazy, because we're like this. God already pulls us out of Egypt in bondage. It says, hey, just follow my presence. Life will be good. If you do follow my presence, I'm going to put everything in order. But do you know what? There were people that left Egypt and they were like, we still want somebody to be in charge. When God and the Lord were already sitting up in heaven saying, just follow his presence. But I love this. God said, okay, I'm going to have to give my word. I'm going to have to give my word. Send my son to show them how this really works. But they asked for Moses and they asked for laws. Okay. Well, law can only govern us. The law governs us but it does not give us life. It does not give us resurrected life. Resurrected life comes through the struggle when you fail to fulfill the law. Isn't that awesome? When we fail to fulfill that law, we can actually say that I have failed. <laughs> you can feel the humility when you say you failed. You know, I have failed to fulfill the law of the world because we're not of the world. So it says, before faith came. So before faith came, Galatians 3.23, we were kept under guard by the law. Isn't that awesome? He actually had given the laws to Moses so the people could stay under what? Guard. To keep, keep for their faith, which would, oh, I skipped a whole line. It's hard on this one. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Kept for the faith which would afterwards be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. You know what? I want everybody to look at this little chart and the Holy Spirit, the, the light in you, that is the resurrected life. The black in you, that is the what? The law. That is the law that the world is trying to enforce. But because you want to live by that law, when God asked us to what? Live by faith. Every time we take a step of faith, when he humbles us because we can't fulfill the law, Jesus came to fulfill the law for us. Then he increases another measure in us and he and we keep growing. This is a process. You don't go from that second position to the fullness. You can't because on this bottom line, nobody can even hit this bottom line. So they're willing to work with people and coming together as a body in Christ. This is a line where you're learning the system. This is the line where you're learning about who you really are in the system. And then now you're working in the body. Now you are working in the body. And so, and you recognize you have all that Christ in you, but you, you are really abiding in the heart and what God tells you. Do you know there is in the spirit of the Lord, there's a place where we're not to live by the law because we're to really live by his faith. What he tells us to do. Sometimes the things God has asked us to do, in the world would seem like we're breaking the law. But if he asks us to do it, we have his grace. We have activated it. 
And so we have to remember when we get the first assignment of what God's trying to do to us, he's trying to pull something out of us that's not of him so he can increase in us so we continue to keep walking by faith. Water baptism is an act of confession before men. So I want you to think about that. Every time you have to cross over the Jordan and get to another measure of Christ, there is it. The water baptism, sometimes people do it more than once. Have you ever known somebody who's done water baptism more than once? Yeah, it's a, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you need that refresh to remind yourself. You know what I mean? I am taking this demonstration. I am going through the struggle. But when I lift up, it is to remind you he has the resurrected life in you. So he is going to resurrect your life. Don't stay in the struggle. Matthew 10, 23 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before man, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Praise God. He already tells us when we're in the struggle, you just keep calling on his name. You keep asking. You show me. You just surrender yourself to the process. I love Demi, Debbie's testimony that she's been through. God was moving out something out of Debbie that it was, it was its appointed time. He set the place. He set, a, he set Jerusalem she, he set the walls of Jerusalem around her so she could be protected, safe, so he could do. Because if she actually confessed him before men, which she did, men were chasing her down, men were chasing her down. She kept confessing him before men. He says, now I will have to confess you before the Father. And who releases all good, perfect, and acceptable gifts? The Father. So when you stand up for Jesus and you keep going, he knows it's going to feel like what Philip did. The what? The struggle, the struggle. But then it's going to be what? Lift you up. Just know we have to get our mindset on faith is what we can't see. Faith is what we have to trust the instruction God has given us. Let me tell you something. It is painful too to be on the sidelines to watch somebody who really is walking in faith because you can't understand what God is working with them. You may be able to identify he's doing it, but nobody really knows the inner heart of any man. Only he does. And he knows what he's working out. Everybody every day wakes up with the invitation to be resurrected in a new life. But everybody's going to have to go through the process. He says, I'm always there to protect you. The law's even there to protect you. If you're not going to follow me, the law's there to what? Guard you until the time you do come to me. Do you believe that? That sits before everybody every day. We have the opportunity to be, our testimonies, our experiences have the opportunity to help people as we confess the Father through Christ, that then the Father releases things to us because he knows it takes, oh, that's one thing we're going to talk about, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is John came and that's a symbol of the repentance, changing, recognizing a resonated life. Now you've got to get what? full of the Holy Spirit. Well, getting full of the Holy Spirit actually breaks the block of you being able to confess the Father and the Son. It actually breaks something in your language that helps you. In fact, how we have it, it gives you the power to witness. That's what the word says. It gives you the power to even witness. When you meet somebody and they're not able to witness to Christ, but they've accepted Christ in their heart, that just means that's the period of time they have not received the filling of the Holy Spirit, all right? And so it's awesome. We have to remember that the word says, therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me out of the state of oneness with me. Now, here's the key. Until you get filled with the Spirit, there is a oneness that you actually have to experience, a oneness. And I'm gonna tell you, I remember when I experienced it, and it wasn't around people. It was in my own bedroom, and I felt the Holy Spirit repress every breath and fill my whole body up. After that day, I had no problem speaking about God. Not, I wasn't even worried about what I understood. I just knew now I was in a place where I didn't even know I had the power. I just know I wanted to what? Talk about it. I knew that I was born again. I knew I was set free. And I knew he was healing me. He was actually healing me. And so I don't think that everybody really understands People understand the evidence of being filled with the Spirit, but do they really understand what they just got? Do you know what I mean? We're so worried about evidence of gifts that are irrevocable. And that's great. That represents the power. But the true power that he says all through his word is, it is somebody who will actually have the power to witness my name. 
and then his spirit will be behind it, even in what you don't understand. And you know, I love this because I'm going to do a story, which I think is awesome. And, and that's in when Peter went and baptized the house of Cornelius. It was so awesome, that story, because think about it. John Baptist came because he called everybody to repentance, and then he did what? Baptized them. And then Jesus had to come, we talked about it last week, and then be baptized by who? John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is like, you got to be crazy. You are more important than me. And he's like, no, I've got to go the right order. I have to go everything before then. He was now moving into his ministry, where before that, we didn't hear much about what Jesus said before he was baptized in the Jordan. And when he came up, the heavens opened up, and the Father said, that is my son, my beloved son, who I am what? well pleased. And he is going, and then I'm, he anointed him with the fullness now of the Holy Spirit to go do the works. So that's why today when we talked about this, if he had Galatians up there in the Amplified, it says, we actually have to recognize there's periods of preparation. Have you ever met somebody that was born again, but never full of the Spirit? Right. What's the first evidence? They don't want to talk about Jesus. They, they may have a broken moment and accepted Christ in their heart, which I did. I knew when that happened, when I tried to kill myself in 10th grade, I knew that I believed in Jesus. I didn't understand how it all worked. And I wasn't that comfortable to really talk about it because I wasn't full of the spirit. It wasn't until I came into this place that I got fooled with the Holy Spirit. My spirit got regenerated back to God. And now, oh my gosh, like I said, the three things, the power to witness alive. It just started happening. You get people born again. You set them free. You help heal them. And God's given you the words. I mean, it's amazing to me. I can wake up in the middle of the night. I was telling this to Chris, and my tongue is on fire just to speak out everything he's saying to me in the middle of the night. Last night, all he did was talk to me all night long, all night long, all night long. Verses, direction. I can't remember half of it. <laughs> but you know, you ever have those nights where he talks to you all the time? Your body, and it, it really is funny. You have to get up and write because I don't have an audience to talk to. <laughs> but I find it amazing how God will do that the more you seek him and you set yourself apart. That's what holy means. Holy means just to do what? Set yourself apart so God can start changing you and he wants to grow the power in you. So we get full of the Holy Spirit. That first born again person, when somebody gets full of the Spirit, that even though it's a little measure, it is full of power to save, heal, and set people free. And you know what's so awesome is in Acts 1 through 5. Well, okay, we're reading them out today. Acts chapter 1, 5 through 8. It says, For John the Baptist came with water, but not many days from now. This is what Jesus told his people. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with knowing what the times and the seasons will be, the years and the seasons, which the father has already appointed by his own choice and authority and his personal power. It says, but you shall receive. This is the key word. This is in verse eight. You shall receive power. And in the amplified, what does power mean? When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have received power. Now, I am great with the gifts that you get when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But the key thing you get when you're filled with the Holy Spirit is the power. Power to do what? Witness. Power to set somebody free. Power to bring somebody to Christ. There is a power. Power means ability, efficiency, and the might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's what verse 8, say, verse eight says. Come on, don't we get too focused on the gifts sometimes and don't even realize that it has to do with another fullness? So power is the ability, the efficiency, and the might when that Holy Spirit infills you, okay? I have to tell you, I know when Tori got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was a night when we were worshiping that night. She received her fullness, didn't she, that night? And it was awesome. Tori was saved. And it was great. You know, I mean, Tori really was saved. But Tori, and she felt the spirit of God. And, you know, people know when they have, they're saved, they still feel it. But man, Tori, something broke out. She said she had a block. Something blocked her. That everything has been different for Tori. And so you could hear 
that block fighting. And then when that block went through, oh my God, the power coming out of Tori in her worship, it was now the fullness of the spirit pressing out of Tori's body. And God ordained her, boom, with power. I know that was a fullness that hit her that day. And it was beautiful to watch it. And Tori, I just love her because she remembers, she said she always was afraid to talk about. Now we grow in levels of power. There is still, you know, God can show us something and we miss it. How many people missed it? We miss it because why? Now we live by what? Faith. So only faith can increase the power in us. Only faith through grace can we actually get this power increased in us. People can stay in the same position. People can be born again, full of spirit, using all the gifts, but they're not growing. That Their power, it's really, it's so minimal because they're not growing by what? Faith. We have to grow by faith. You actually have to believe that there is a power in you that wants to keep growing and maturing in you. And so I love how the verse says, but you shall receive power when, only when, the Holy Spirit has come, I liked it with Tori, upon you, and you shall be my, then he tells you what you're going to do. Now you shall be my what? Witness. Anytime I tell the story about what was happening because I was worshiping in my house and I felt the compression, and then I felt all this stuff being pressed into me like I was eating scrolls. That's exactly how it felt. I could not move. And you know what? I knew right down there. It was like all I did was want to talk about Jesus after that. I could meet anybody and just talk about what little I knew, but I knew I had an experience. When you actually had the experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, which everybody in here has it, I know there isn't anybody in here right now that doesn't understand that he has called you to be his witness now. And he wants you to witness what? It says in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. He actually has it already planned out what your assignment is. You know, people come in here and they're saved, but if they're not full of the Spirit, and they're not actively pursuing him. You can be full of the spirit and then totally put yourself dormant, non-movement, by not worshiping, reading the word, not seeking him. It says those who diligently seek him will be rewarded. Rewarded with what? More of an increase of him. Another increase got powered into Debbie because Debbie moved by faith for something to change in her life. She went through the struggle. She probably got on her knees so many times and says, resurrect me. <laughs> Come on. You say you're going to do it, right? So we praise the Lord that that is exactly what he wants to do. Acts 8, 17 says, then the apostle laid their hands. Do you know once you've been activated with the Holy Spirit and you come to your fullness of understanding and development in faith, and I'm t- that's where now it's the time. You can lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. But it's only going to be in the measure in which the person wants to receive and the measure of your what? Your faith. Your faith has to be there. I mean, gosh, I didn't have faith on people until I laid my hand on the dog and it got healed. I know that's it's a cute story, but that's really how it happened. I looked at it, I was like, all right, I can lay hands and call the demonic out of my dog. And the, really the Lord showed me is because we had dominion over the animals. That's what gave me confidence. It gave me confidence that if I was already a human being, I already had more more power than the animal. And if she's my animal, and then the Lord taught me about authority. If I have authority over that animal, okay, now you just see me in my condo, laying hands. I could see demonic stuff in Chinita. Not because I'm a bad person, just because demonic forces will land themselves in animals. It's just how it is. But I remember laying, she threw up blood for, I mean, I, I forgot that I even was doing that, laying hands on her. We couldn't figure out why she was throwing blood up everywhere. We took her to the vet. They said there was nothing wrong with her. But do you believe that? But it gave me what? Faith. This stuff really works. Do you know what I mean? And when your heart is right and it's directed properly, it's going to work every time. It is going to work every time. And that's what the Lord has showed me. I want to share a story with you because remember, the signs of the infilling is the power to witness. Okay? Remember, This is what I have to get clear because a lot of people talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is a sign that you're filled with the Holy Spirit if those nine gifts are activated. But guess what the most important one is? That you have the power to witness. That's the the true infilling of the Holy Spirit, that you actually have the power to witness. Now, I want to read a story today because this story really was awesome. Because every disciple in Christ... Once you're filled with the Spirit and you are seeking Him, 
If you notice, prophets want to tell you your next move. They want to tell you your next plan. They want to tell you where you're going up for that year because you are being prepared for an assignment. The infilling doesn't happen and then you get thrown up to ministry. There is a building of a preparation for what you're called to do. I love, and this is in, and this is in Acts, if you want to, I'll turn to it. Chapter 10, we don't have a screen, so chapter 10. And this is, it's called Preaching to Cornelius and His Household. It starts at verse 34. I'm going to read this to the very end because this is so important how, remember, we are after the dispensation of Jesus Christ, right? So I don't want to look what happened before. I want to look to see what happened with the disciples afterwards. We're sonship. Sonship, we've got to know, well, what is God showing us? Have you ever been to a place that was like, oh, you're not baptized? You've never been baptized with water? And then they're like, oh, like you're out of order. Well, I love this story because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have your infilling and the power of Christ is in you and you are exhibiting the gifts of the Spirit, then there is nine gifts of the Spirit that you can exhibit when you're full of the Holy Spirit. And you are experiencing those gifts. And you've never been, hey, I wasn't baptized. So, I mean, it wasn't until I was baptized after I had the infilling of the Spirit. Well, people kind of text, there is an order, but remember, water baptism is an outside representation of an inside new life being resurrected. It doesn't make a difference when you get baptized. Tori's never been baptized. That girl's full of spirit. Guess what's going to happen? She's just going to get another regenerated, excellent level once she's been baptized. And that's what happened in Acts. Peter was called. If Peter wasn't built to do this one thing, This is the height of Peter's career. Peter was actually, grew up with Jesus, watched Jesus die, watched him be resurrected, and now now Peter was released to actually go to a Gentile's house of a very good man. And with that good man, he was called to change his household. But before this chapter, Paul... Jesus, they always, always went to the synagogue first, wherever they went, because it was the right order. They always gave the Jews the opportunity, because they were his people, to receive Christ. And if they didn't receive, boom, open territory. They went in where they would talk to the Gentiles. But this was interesting. It says, Peter, okay, just to give you a little background, Peter had a dream that he was to go to this person's house. This person had a dream to go send somebody to go get Peter to come to his house. See, that's where it's awesome. Cornelius was a good man who kept seeking the Lord. And he was, it says, he paid his alms. He was good in the structure of religion. All right. And so his heart was primed. His heart was ready. He was seeking for something. Okay. But now the moment somebody, I'm going to tell you, a primed heart is ready. We've seen it at one of our baptisms. We've had people come already reading the Bible who weren't even saved and got saved and water baptized and full of the Spirit all at one time. Because, and God put it in their heart to start seeking the Bible. I was shocked one young girl. It was Rachel's boyfriend's Will's sister. She kept saying, I was reading Ephesians all week long. Oh my gosh, I felt my body burn up. I was so excited because who does it? God. That, that house didn't have Bibles in it. You know what I'm saying? Like she really, she found a Bible and she kept saying, and then when Gene taught on it, he taught it, you saw her breaking, breaking, breaking. And when we went out to do the water baptisms, she went up and she goes, I don't think I'm saved. And he goes, well, do you want to be saved? And she said, yes. So he held her hands. He saved her. She was so broken. Then she went into the water. Do you see how brokenness is what gets us into another level of Christ. If you ever feel broken and you feel the struggle, guess what's going to happen? Another resurrection. We go like a monitor. We go up, we go down. We go up, we go down. When we start figuring out how this all works, when we're down, we get it. (laughs) And when we're up, we're happy. Even Paul says, even when I'm at lack, I'm still contented, and when I have abundance, I'm still good. He was talking not about materialistic things as much as he was talking about the spiritual things we have to go through. Everybody goes up and down. It's just you get to a point where people don't notice it when it's happening. (laughs) You still have to, that's the hard part, because our countenance really is broken. 
we're really broken because we want to just be on that level where we get it. But remember, you're always going to have to go the ups and downs. So the beautiful thing is when Peter got to Cornelius's house, it says, then Peter opens his mouth. I love it because everything has to be through what? Confession of the mouth. Like we said in the beginning, he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. That's the first thing he said when he opened his mouth at Cornelius house. He had to say that because he didn't go to the synagogue first. He went right to who the dream then the guy sent him, where normally if he went into a new town, he would have gone to a synagogue first. So he went, this is the first time, but he even said, I perceive in truth, because really in truth, we don't have to go to the synagogue first. In truth, I perceive that God showed no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him because who was already fearing God? Who was already trying to stand under God? Cornelius was. It says, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. See right there. If you're going to witness to somebody, you're going to be preaching what? Peace, but not through the world, through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So what did he do here? He already was like, hey, I'm here because there's no partiality. Two, I am confessing Jesus Christ. And three, he is the Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What he's basically saying, there is no infilling of the Holy Spirit without what first? Repentance. Not not the water outside demonstration. There is going to be no filling of the Spirit if you already didn't if you already didn't have a heart of what? Repentance, a repentive heart. And so the repentive heart is what breaks it all open. All right. And he identified that. He said he already, he identified that baptism, the baptism, which John preached, how God, and, 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 and not only just what John preached, he also made his son do it in the next sentence, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Does everybody read the next word? And with the Holy Spirit and with power. Man, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, what's it all about? Power. (laughs) It's about the power. It's about power. I want us to keep that in mind. I mean, I I have to tell you, I mean, even in the beginning when I was first learning, I thought that the fullness of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. It's an evidence because it's a gift that's given irrevocable. Man, when I got this down... I totally was getting off the fact only because of what people would say around me in my innocence or my ignorance. Tongues is awesome. But guess what the most important part of being filled with the Holy Spirit? You've got filled with what? Power. Who went out. That Now, what happens when you get filled with power? You go out doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For good was with him. Man, I'm telling you, I love how this makes it really clear. Because sometimes we get too focused on gifts and not focused on the truth of why those gifts work, of the truth of why we're set out and what we're called to do. We are set out and called to give the good news with the power of God behind us. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. I would go into houses my first couple of years after I got full and I would, I would feel the rise. I'd look at the person. I could hear exactly what God wanted me to say. And as I was saying it, the whole room would stop. I can't begin. That's how Jamie got saved. I walked in just to visit her household. She wasn't trying to be saved that day. She did not get saved that day. But I spoke many words and it was a room full of people. It paralyzed everybody in the room. People called me after that. Jamie got saved two months later. She got saved two months later. But seeds were laid when we go out and we have the power to speak the good news. God will use you to help move somebody to a different position. You, our gift is not just, we have to bring people to Christ. Do you know what I mean? But the Holy Spirit is going to fill you. Do you get what I'm saying? All we can do is tell of the good news. We generate that to receive him. Okay. Isn't this powerful? This is powerful. We have to remember that our words do have power. That if we confess of the Father through Christ from a fullness of the Spirit, 
It doesn't matter if that person got saved that day, filled with, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't have to be a demonstration. That, remember, it didn't happen to me in here. I was in home, in my bed, and I felt the pulling back, and I felt the exchange, and I felt like I got fooled with the whole plan. A couple of nights later, I, I had an experience. Jesus walked right towards me, and he showed me that vision, and he said, I will help people, and he put his hand out, claim the cup. And he said, that's your job. Your job is to help people get to where they need to be. And so when he showed that to me, ever since then, it's been, I, I've been a live wire. But I've had to learn wisdom. I've had to learn so much. I was overwired at first in the beginning, not understanding zeal. It's a zeal. You have a zeal. Right. And you know what? And, I, and it wasn't even about me becoming good or being bad. I got over that stuff. I got into the focus that, wow, when I could feel him rise and I speak what he would show me or if he gave me a dream, even if he gives me a dream, there's a time for that dream to be spoken because it has to be smoke in the atmosphere for it to start happening. But he uses that power that I'm willing to allow brew in me. By what? Worshiping in the morning, reading the word, keeping in relationship with them. The more we pull back from relationship, we talked about this today in real estate worship. The difference between being in relationship and not being in relationship is you're either contrasting yourself in the world or you're complementing something in the world. If you are complementing, that means you are working with something to advance it in the kingdom. If you are contrasting something, you're working against something. You are, if you're looking for what the good and bad is, that's why God put two trees in the garden. And he gave rules. The moment they chose to think contrary to what God said, God had to move them out and said, okay, now we're going to have to work at our relationship when they had the fullness of the relationship to start with. So God does that with us. He knows we move kind of back in and out. But here it says, and we are witnesses. See, this is after he says, let me go back here. This is after he says, he even, how God even anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with, and with power, who was about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are, we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land and of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Isn't that amazing? Here, he was full of the spirit doing the healing, telling the good news, doing all the good things. And guess what? People still did what? They still were, they still killed him. See, I just, that's why he said, if you are persecuted for me because you have confessed my father through me, whoo, you are, there is, you are in a good position. Him, because the next sentence says, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, openly to the people, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him, because this is Peter after he rose again from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people. He commanded us to testify that it was he who was ordained by God to be judged, to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him will what? Receive remission of sins. Isn't this beautiful? So guess what happened after that? The whole, he speaks all that. All, that, that was Peter's, that's everything Peter spoke from his what? Heart. Peter was already full of the Holy Spirit. He already got, he already was at the upper room. The Holy Spirit already came upon them. Holy Spirit came upon them to give them enough energy to go out and do the works. So Peter was full of power. And when he spoke that in his power, the next verse says, while Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. The circumcision there, that means there was obviously some people in the house that had already been what physically circumcised to be Jewish. So there were some in there in his household that were so, and they were astonished because they lived by the what law, which we started with Galatians three twenty three. I don't know if you were in here. We talked about that during real estate worship, but then I opened up with it today. So it was still cool that he knows 
It doesn't make a difference who you are. It says, as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out onto the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking with tongues and doing what? Most important, magnifying God. Man, was that not Tori? <laughs> I love it. Magnifying God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water? that these should not be baptized. See, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They weren't even baptized with water yet. Isn't this awesome? See, look at how it happened before. John came, he baptized them with repentance. Jesus came and he got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And it doesn't say Jesus spoke in tongues when he got filled with the Spirit. It focused on that Jesus received all the power he needed to do his ministry. Isn't that awesome? And then I thought that was all. He got filled after he came up in the resurrection because he wasn't resurrected yet. This happened after what? The resurrection. So now it doesn't make a difference if you have the water baptism before you're filled, after you're filled. It is a demonstration. It's an awesome demonstration that shows us how blessed we are. And it commits us. You know what? We've had, like I said, we've had people do it more than once where they, they were doing it. Because it, they still, sometimes we get that attack on our mind. Like Chris came to me one time and said, hey, am I saved? <laughs> you knew Chris was saved. You know what I mean? But he, see, the enemy makes us doubt if we're saved, if we're doubt, if we're full. Even when we're full of the Spirit, gifts working, he still brings doubt into our mind that we're not worthy. So that's why I want everybody, if there's anything I'm getting across in this message today, is that when you, when the filling of the Holy Spirit, you know if you're filled. And it's not just necessarily on the list of evidence of gifts. Do you have the power to witness? Do, are you able to hear and say and go and be out behind Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and be out of these walls? Can you confess Christ through the, can you confess the Father through Christ? Now, I'm going to tell you, that's what all Peter did. If you really look at what he said, he said it from his heart. Haven't you ever just spoken from your heart and you felt the rising happen around you? And it's awesome because our practice comes outside these doors, not inside these doors. I mean, we, I'm going to tell you something. It, we are so full of the Spirit in this place and the presence of God. We kind of like whip through the anointing period. When Jesus comes and sanctifies the house, it doesn't happen too long. It kind of just, right? Because we've, we are growing. Remember, it's a heart condition. Those, the anointing rises in you when you're with people, when somebody hasn't, they're questioning something and they're trying to get to that next level. You don't have to hit the anointing every time the presence can speak and do the power. And that's where, that's the dispensation that the church age to the kingdom age is understanding the differences now. It's not all about the showmanship of the gifts because that's great and that is important. I'm not lessening it. But the most important thing is increasing the power within you so you can be with the present, just presence, just like the Israelites when they were taken out of bondage. They walked with the presence, with the cloud went before them. The fire burned at night. The presence was always with them. That's what we want to be. We want to be walking with the presence. Do you know what I mean? And you know when somebody needs healing. You know when somebody's broken. The anointing rises in you. So just pray for them. It works. There is no waiting. Do you know what I mean? It works. It just, it's not your works. It's his works, which is so awesome. But it says, then Peter, then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the mighty name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Man, what happens when you get filled with the Spirit? You need what? You need teaching. You need teaching. Because what happens when you get filled and you're hungry? And see, back then, they didn't have Bibles they could just take. Look at Paul. Paul saw God blinded. He got saved, filled, moved the whole time, then got sent somewhere to be what? Taught. Yeah, right. And so what's beautiful is we have to get that order right because if people are confident with the power that's in them, see, people get intimidated by the gifts. People get intimidated by the gifts. If they're not working in the gifts, then they actually decide that they're not to advance. Do you know what I mean? People don't know what those nine gifts are. People need to study the gifts and see which ones are working and what they don't. But just know you have the power to speak. You know somebody's not full if they don't, if they don't have the power to do what? 
speak because God wants to give you the experience so you have something to speak about. Look at Paul. Come on, look at the look at Cornelius's house. His whole house got saved because Peter saw the dream. Cornelius sent the messenger. And then what happened? Change. And so they all got full with the power. Whether whatever they're operating in, they get full with the power. And that's the one thing we have to keep in mind because the enemy wants to make us so insecure about things and how we do it. It's all about what we confess and believe in our heart. What we believe in our heart, what we confess with our mouth. I believe Peter didn't sit there and write his script when he showed up. That's why I love it says, then Peter opened his what? Mouth. His tongue had to have been burning. That's what happens to me. My tongue is burning when something has to go out. And I can't stop. It's got to finish its run. And then it's amazing because it will hit what it was supposed to hit, which is to plant a what? Seed in somebody's cultivated heart. A heart that's already been cultivated by Christ before you ever met that person. That's why we can never take the glory. We can never say something was already happening in that person's life. They already prayed to God before they ever met that person. No kidding. Before I ever met Jean, I'm going to tell you, two weeks before that, I was driving in my car, and I really did call up to God. And I was like, I am miserable. Go ahead. Just put me in my, put, I said, that was my exact words, just put me in my destiny. It was amazing. Boom, boom, boom. My life changed so much. Because why? I finally did what? Call from the depth of my heart. And I meant it. I needed to get the truth. I needed to get the change. I loved it when Peter said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Do you know, once you call up to him, Cornelius was already calling. He was already seeking. It says in the past chapter, he was a good man who did good, who paid his alms, it said. So that means he was a good man doing the right what? order, but something had to hit him. I'm doing everything right. I need more. There's got to be more out there. Come on, think about it. This is a woman who's been in the church, preaching in the church, wrote a book. Do you know what I mean? And she was doing everything and people would see her gift and they would start what? Maturing her what? Gift, but not teaching her anything about the power. Isn't that terrible? But until she came to the right place, because somewhere Mamie and Carl called out somewhere before you ever came into here for this jurisdiction, there was something you were calling out to God. Same with you. You knew that because you told me that story. That was awesome. There was something you were questioning God. God was going to put you right in the alignment to get what you need to get you in the spot to get you your next move. Peter hanged out for a couple of days, but he didn't stay there forever. Do you get what I'm saying? That was a time for Peter to do an assignment he was already born, predestined, set out to do. And now whoever he spoke to, now they will go out and they're going to do their, they're going to grow up. So we cannot take away the time of preparation. I believe that the people who are most hurt in the church are when people took your gift and started raising you up in that gift before they ever raised you with the understanding of the power or the understanding that the soul needed to be renewed and the understanding that the presence needs to fall to go with you. We, that's just something that, I mean, I really grew up in a dead church. There was no even teaching about the Holy Spirit. You read about the Holy Spirit. If a verse said the Holy Spirit's name in it, I didn't know it had power. I didn't even think about it had power. Do you know what I mean? I was just happy to go to church on Sunday and pay my little check and think I was being what? Good. Because we judge everything by good and bad. God doesn't. He has no partiality. He judges everything by truth, by your heart. And when the two mix and kiss, it's an explosion for God. And so that's what he wants. He wants a repentive heart. Somebody who gets up every day and wants to say, change my heart to be your heart. Show me the thing that you're changing me. Showing me where are you taking me? And just let yourself be prepared for what he's building a power for a certain time. If everybody heard when Gene was spoken of by Siddiqui, he said, I'm building something in you. There's so much already built up in Gene. You, you know, in the seven years I've known him, so many people have tried to get him on TV usurp him right out of his assignment to go out and be Mr. Good Speaker. Gene has always amazing how he walks it out to help to a certain point, but then he can't go any further because he already knows his assignment's here to stay in his what? The building. Because whatever Gene's assigned to do is going to be pretty powerful force that's got to come out. And he is really allowing God to build the foundation. That's the faith that's in Gene. He could go out now and probably sell books, sell tapes, and do all these things. 
but he sits and he does what God shows him to do every day while he's building a measure that I don't think many people are going to ever experience and see because how many people will dedicate? That's what his assignment was. So it's in him to be dedicated for that assignment. Isn't that awesome? And we're blessed because if you're, you know what I mean? If you were to grow here, then you're attached to some of it. There is a, it is an awesome place to be attached to an apostolic force that the God is building and the man's not building it. And, and, the, and that's what's so awesome. And you know it because there's an energy and there's a zeal. It says in Acts, now they had all the power to go out and, and, cre- and speak that truth. When the power came down, the fullness of the spirit was to get them so on fire so they could go out and set the churches and set out to tell about the good news. So praise the Lord. Any questions about today's lesson? So just a reminder, signs of the infilling. There are the gifts, the power to witness, to get people born again, set free and healed. And so it's very important that people understand that. And remember, I loved it. I loved it how Peter just came out and spoke. Acts 1, 5, 8. Make sure to meditate on that. Meditate on Isaiah eleven two. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon us. He will give us the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. He actually puts that upon us. Those things start building. Luke 24, 9. Having returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the 11 disciples. Isn't that awesome? And to all the rest. I like it. Anybody who wants to hear is the rest. Anybody, anybody who's wanted to be drawn to it, that is the rest. So we have to, when we're, we're going from burial into our rest. And some people have already hit their rest. And the rest is just knowing he has given you that increase. And now he's just letting it brew, putting you in the right place, the position. And then at the end of this year, you're going to be experiencing another level. I love it. Debbie is being, this is Debbie's last class here. Or you'll be here next week. Okay. So we have one more, but I'm excited. She's going to be going to a ministry and, and working ministry. And God has prepared her next level to go do this. And so we are very blessed that that is happening. And so your testimonies have been awesome. It's been praise. Okay, so let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we honor you. And we just lift you up and we exalt your name. Lord, we thank you for the filling of the Holy Spirit and the power in which we can, with, which in faith, by faith, with you and through you, that we can help advance your kingdom on the earth. So, Lord, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right. What-